Hey gang, thanks for listening to the CrossFit Offroad Podcast. This is Mitch. This is also sponsored by Prime Shape Fitness. If you are looking to get in better shape, look for me online or on Facebook at uh, Prime Shape Fitness. Find my page, reach out to me. I'd love to help you out. I do online and in-person workouts. I can help you out either way. Now on to the Fun Off-Road Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Crossroad Off-Road Podcast. I'm here with Wade Wessel. Say hi, Wade. Hi, Wade. <laughs> what a knuckle nuts. So, yeah, there's, a, there's a dad joke for you. <laughs> What's funny is the last time we recorded, Wade, you don't know this, but it came out sounding pretty poorly. It came, you know, when, Oh, really? Yeah, it sounded bad. You didn't know it, but it sounded bad, so I apologize to the 99 people who listened to it or however many people actually got into it. But we're going to do a quick recap of what we talked about on that ride. And then recap, okay. I told you we're going to talk about stuff that you didn't know was coming. So okay, uh, let's back up a little bit, a tiny bit, and do a quick overview. So Wade had, has had a red TJ Rubicon, which he'll tell you all the time is a Rubicon. He won't let you forget it. How do you know if somebody just cropped it? <laughs> Don't worry, they'll tell you all about it. How do you know if somebody's a... Vegetarian, don't worry. They'll tell you all about it. How do you know if somebody has a Rubicon? They won't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they get stuck on flat ground with it, they just get hung up on a log and you have to pull them off of it. That happened to Wade. <laughs> so, because the guy in front of me was going too slow. I think that was you. I was behind you. I pulled you. I, I was the one recording the whole thing. Like, watch this. <laughs> oh, get stuck on his log and he did. Oh, I so. remember it differently. <laughs> yeah, you would. Um, of course I would, <laughs> but so you had, you had this, uh, red TJ for years. You had that, we've, we've covered covered this before, but he stole it from some guy in, in Wisconsin. Didn't know what he had, got a smoking deal on it. And then you <laughs> went on one trip when he had two dogs and with his tiny wife and his tiny kid and a tiny two dogs and thought, I don't have enough room in this TJ, which you guys could have had a freaking full blown wrestling match. And I think you guys just think you need more room. <laughs> am i wrong i mean you two together and your kid weigh as much as i do <laughs> yeah i mean we're we're not a very big family for sure but but uh we're malnourished we must be malnourished <laughs> so he needed more room so he decided to buy lj set and seeing went out how the heck what what services do you use to uh, find it this is my question it's an it's and it's an lj rubicon oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> the name is Smug J. We've came up with a name. It's called Smug J because if you know people, apparently anybody with a LJ Rubicon, they need to take a full page ad of a newspaper every day. Make sure everybody knows they have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what? Yeah, back. What service? Back do you to your. Uh, back to your question. I think I found it on. Um, it might car soup. It was one of the online, you know, Auto Trader, Car Soup. I mean, um, I always use Cars.com, and I always have the hardest time kind of finding it. But Car Soup I've used uh, in the past. Now I'll was, I was send you stuff the other night because I'm like I was just bored of them. I gored. I was on a conference yeah. call, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if you guys who listen, if you're on a conference call and all you do is look at Jeeps, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't have much to do. <laughs> like, I don't have to pay attention to this. I'll wait for the review and I'll read it in five seconds. And we sit there for an hour and get paid for it. But um, I was out there. I'll send you a bunch of stuff. 
the ones I'll send you. Okay, what what did the LJ Rubicon go for new? Do you think? I don't even know, but it had to be say thirty two thousand. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't even hardly think that much. I think they were in the high twos. High twenties, you mean? Oh yeah, yeah. High twenties. Yeah. Yeah, so the ones now are going for forty grand. I think I was sending ones for like thirty-five and forty grand with like twenty-five to forty thousand miles on them. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yours has one hundred forty on them, but I'm just saying like they're made of gold. I mean, most vehicles are nowadays. It seems like, but yeah, pricing is all over the place with them. I mean, if you really if you really hunt, you know, you can get them down in the teens and the low teens. I I, I think we both actually saw the same YouTube video that. Of that guy out out east that found one for like ten or twelve thousand dollars and uh looked really rough and then he got there and it just really wasn't that bad i can't remember that youtube video but like that's a steal but <clears throat> they're they're pretty hard if a rubicon if you know, the non-rubicon ones you can buy in the lower teens pretty easily but if they're an lj rubicon then it's it's tough to get them for under 20 grand for sure and, and then if they're if they're low miles or they're really clean like like no rust and then they start getting the upper twos and they start or upper 20s and getting over 30 and yeah it's crazy i've seen them um i've seen them as high as 40 i mean it, it, the guy had a v8 swap and everything in it right so you were you were paying for some serious performance upgrades but I did. i've seen them in the 40s yeah so what, uh, you know, kind of getting back on track, this is mainly a review of the, the crappy-ass audio we had. But he found this uh, <laughs> uh, LJ Rubicon and the color he always wanted. He, he almost, he, you guys don't know this, he almost traded me even up for uh, my Jeep because it's black. He just wanted a black one. <laughs> but, uh, I like black vehicles. So he went and found a black one and um, matches everything. Black matches everything. All the aftermarket parts will line right up for you. But uh, <laughs> so he uh, found a black one, and uh, his wife was the first one to drive it because it is an automatic, and that's what she wanted, and so she could drive it. I want to yeah. be the day she actually drives it with you're not home, like you're on a trip somewhere, and she actually because <laughs> that'll make the news. <laughs> well, she's that that was the that was the deal I had to make with her. She was she was actually more pushing me to get a new Jeep. She really didn't care about the LJ versus the TJ. But she did want me to get a, an automatic so she could drive it because she didn't she didn't want to learn how to drive a manual. So um, her plan is what she tells me is in the summer when our kids are out of school, our daughter's out of school, uh, I'm going to end up taking her car to work. And then her and my daughter, she and my daughter are going to buzz around with the top down and have fun in it. Mall crawling. <laughs> <laughs> I better make sure she knows where the locker is for that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. But, so we were out there. I think we were driving up to my land up north to go deer hunting. So let's do a little recap on the deer hunting weekend, which was uh, you put a couple of buddies in a deer stand, and you're just going to have a blast. So the, but yeah. let's recap. Because we were driving up there, and the weather was coming in. We knew we were going to have some weather on Saturday. But Friday yep. it was one well, of those balmy days. It was warm. So, you know, probably shouldn't have done this, but I'm driving out. I got out to the stand. I put weight on a stand by himself. Before he even did that, we walked out to the stands and a stand I wasn't going to put him in. 
and I wasn't going to be too far away, was blown over. We had these, we had a stand that my brothers and I built, mainly my brothers, because my one, my one brother is a carpenter. Let's admit, he is a savant when it comes to carpentry, always has been. The guy, he did every class in high school to a ridiculous degree, and, and just took off from there. But uh, the stand was blown over uh, in the wind because we wouldn't put a big sail on top of it. And that's why I was going to stick Wade. He was a new black powder, and I was going to do um, uh, bull hunting for the first day. But in the day, though, the stand was blown over. So I stuck Wade on a stand that was going to be one person in it. And I went and sat in the ground blind. Uh, so the whole time I could see Wade across the field, at one point I said, I texted him, I said, there's a deer to your left. I don't know why you're not shooting at it. <laughs> like, where? I said, to your north. And, he, and this is the funniest thing. He, uh, I didn't know which direction north was on the land I grew up on. <laughs> I'm like, I know exactly what direction north is. I grew it's not up. north. It was directly north of you. Was it, mag was, it, was it magnetic north or true north? It was pull north. <laughs> pull up your crank <laughs> so uh, so uh anyhow uh then like it was too he was right on the you know you know his defense ways defense he's right on a woods line and the deer was coming out like i could see it from i'm basically uh kitty corner so i could see this thing walking out of the woods like it's coming out of the woods how can you not see it but he was looking like right on the line and there's trees there so but it got out a few feet and he took a shot at it and and we came to the conclusion they shot under it. Now, if you guys don't know, like bow and arrow, think if you had to like lob a grenade, that's like a bow and arrow. A black powder isn't much better. <laughs> the parabola that a black powder takes is just ridiculous. And uh, so he shot underneath that. And uh, we came to that conclusion. And then um, the next, that was- that Pretty was, long shot for a black powder gun, for sure. Yeah, we couldn't. You know, we, we both realized we need one of those uh, range finders is what we came to the conclusion. Uh, nope. But at the end of the day, though, we just said, uh, you know, I, I originally say, so I thought he shot over it. But as I'm thinking back, he shot underneath it because I was watching. I could see the cloud of dust and everything. Anyhow, long story longer because that's what podcasts are. It's just a long story. <laughs> so uh, we, we went home that night. We, we got some really good sleep. Uh, we had a great meal. And just had some water and went straight to bed. No, no drinking was involved at all. Yeah, we had a fire, man. It was great. Oh yeah, forgot about that part. We had a campfire. Don't forget about the campfire. So my brother Mike came along, who, who's been on the podcast before. And he's, did, he, did he get straight to the fire? This is the part that. Yeah, started. yeah. Because by the time we got out of the tree stands, he already had the fire going. Yeah, so he got there. And then your folks came out to join us. And oh yeah. Yeah. Remember we uh we cooked uh brats and whatnot over the fire. We ate out ate out under the stars that night. It was great. Yeah. In the in December in northern Minnesota. Oh god. That's the first time I ever hunted in December. Uh so it was it was all in all, it was pretty fun. But a lot right. longer. We got up the next morning, went off the stand, we went out to Flappy. Here's starting to get to these stands. A the flappy looks like this because it had a camouflage on it and it's a <laughs> It's a flappy metal stand that's been there for years, uh, but we put a, a canvas over top. It's hard to explain, but it was a store-bought stand, and it's still standing. So I'm guessing yeah. store-bought stands might be the trick, but I think it's the flappy thing that um, 
it's like a canvas material that goes over top of it. Anyhow, we sat there with the heater because we knew it was going to be cold. It was cold. It was super windy. Yeah. It was – that was some serious wind. And then as we're watching the deer where they came out, like, well, we should put a stand over there tonight. So that night we took the ground blind out, and there's a, a whole, like, probably 30, 40 – uh, big ground bells, plat white wrapped in white plastic, and we put a camouflage ground blind at the end of it. And it's probably about uh, 40 yards off the field, off the woods line, and open field in front of us and behind us. But where we could shoot, we were facing that direction. And uh, then comedy ensued. I, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time, just sitting stand with with Wade, just talking and pick yeah. it, it out. Fun. Dude, I'm, I'm looking uh, west. Because I know my directions, <laughs> and, and you at one point all of a sudden you said, "Hey, there's one." I'm like, "I'm looking. I'm, I'm not seeing anything. What are you seeing?" He goes, "Right there in the field." And what's what the guy who rents the land from us did? He he plowed like ten of the acres out of the twenty that's tillable there. He plowed it, so and it froze, and so it was really rough. And if you ever walked on frozen anything, it's it's not moving, and so the deer was um, walking across this because it's really uneven land. Uh, footing, I should say, and it yeah, all pissed up. Our our uh, luck was it couldn't run fast, <laughs> and the thing stopped. Like and you're like, should I shoot it? And you can go ahead and tell the rest of the story. Go ahead. He said, "Is one of those things <laughs> where you're just gonna talk the whole time, man?" She's like, "No, you can talk." <laughs> so you no, talked I mean, about this part. I, I think it was about. I think it was about the same distance as uh, the shot that that I took the prior day. So um we we made the correction and uh what was the correct a little you bit just, you aimed on the, where'd you aim at yeah i just i didn't change the settings on the scope i didn't move any of the clickers on the scope i just uh i moved up about a a mil dot and a half on the on the deer so i think the, the crosshairs were probably pointing right at the top of its back or something like that or maybe a little bit lower than that but i was just basically aiming high but still on the body of the deer uh, squeezed one off and she gave a little, uh, she gave a little kick. So I, I knew I hit it, but then it, then it started to run and I thought, ah, man, like, did it, now was it a bad shot? You know, did I, did I not get it in the right spot? Well, this but, time uh, I'm thinking like, luckily she didn't go very far. Yeah. I was thinking, man, we're gonna be hiking the rest of the day. We're gonna be hiking the rest yeah. of the day. And this is, but it did what, like four or five bounds basically got it right to that tree line yeah it did you know a few like maybe five big leaps and then as soon as it hit the tree line it, it dropped so yeah we're in good shape we're in good shape it was a it was a good shot um go backing up a little bit so this is all waiting i knew like well there's a deer let's get it but my brother had got there to the land and had started to fire and decided to go for a walk and he kicked it up he, he goes like did you guys get it like yeah we got one so then we reloaded <laughs> and sat there waiting for another deer to come out but nothing else came out so uh this was saturday night and we did not feel like getting up in the morning next morning but we got there we took care of the deer had a great time at the campfire a few wrestling matches happened fun <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh sacrifice uh, the, the, the snow came in remember like it's it started snowing pretty much pretty much right right as it got dark right after we Right after we cleaned the deer and hung it up, it started to snow. And had that nice campfire with the with the nice snow coming down. It was it was pretty it was pretty awesome. Yeah, 
Then we hung it up and then uh, quintessential winter hunting night. I am <laughs> to be honest, I've never hunted in Minnesota like that. In Wyoming, I've hunted where we've had feet of snow the whole time. Mm. Uh, I could tell you deer stories all day, to be honest. Yeah, this is not the deer story <laughs> podcast, but I can tell you one. Uh, <laughs> I told you right away, you're gonna have a deer story, you're probably telling it a hundred times, but uh. It was fun. We had a great time, uh, the three of us, and then my mom and Harry, and so it was a good time. And uh, you know, during the day, you know, the Ken Mitch Fix It segment. I'm gonna give it a short one. Ken Mitch Fix It. So my mom had had this uh, Vizio soundbar, and then she bought a new Samsung TV, and this and it, it didn't work together. This Vizio thing was a thousand years old, apparently. I didn't know soundbars could be that old. So I said to her, I go. I'm thinking I could give I could give this my my mom for Christmas. So I was pretty excited about it. I'm like, want me to go pick you pick you up a soundbar and I'll match it up to this brand. It'll it'll work just fine. She goes, yeah, go ahead and do that. So I ran to Wally World, picked up the soundbar, came home. You helped me out with it. I think we had it together in you know five minutes. You know, but Wade did put the batteries in backwards. And I had to figure that out. But but um. We plugged it all in. Everything just started working. It just worked miraculously. And then she goes, how much was it? How much was it? And she goes, because I won't give it to my husband for uh, Christmas. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I, was to get, I, was to, I was trying to give it to her for, for my own Christmas present. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Samsung TV and Samsung soundbar really, work really well together. Who would have knew? Yep. But uh, they worked well and plugged it in, slapped it together. No problem. $130 whip and it sounded great for 130 bucks. Those people spend thousands of dollars on sound bars and subs are crazy. You don't need that much. I don't think, <laughs> I mean, the difference between a $10,000 system and a hundred dollar system is just a whole bunch of money in my mind. Is night is $9,900. Yeah. I mean, what the heck you're just, <laughs> you're just watching football on it. It's not like you're listen to a symphony for kind of loud. But anyhow, so my mom loves it and she's happy about it. And so my mom's turning 80 next summer and they, they like everything loud to be honest with you. <laughs> so this worked out just well for them. Uh, but that was the, the hunting side of things. So during this whole time, Wade had his LJR, see what I did there? Also called yeah, the smug guy. Because <laughs> LJR owners are very smug about it. And um, his TJ it is, R. It is not called Smoke J. It's, <laughs> it's official. Even Thomas is calling it Smoke J. So, oh, no. So, uh, yeah, he's been texting me. But uh, anyway, we're, we're uh, he was, were you worried that your TJ was going to sell? Like, the TJ Rubicon, was it, you were worried that it was going to sell or no? Oh, I knew it would sell. I, I was worried. I, uh, I didn't think it would sell. I had a lot of people. Um, messaging me about it before Thanksgiving and then after Thanksgiving I thought oh man no one's gonna buy it between Thanksgiving and Christmas right because you yeah, know everybody's everybody's spending money on their families and whatever and so I, I figured if I didn't sell it by Thanksgiving I'd probably end up having to hang on to it until February um, you know people start getting their income tax returns and things like that and start thinking about summer and so I, anyway, I, I thought if I didn't sell it by Thanksgiving, I'd probably have it till end of January or February, and then I'd get it sold. But Kelly, your wife wasn't in your ear about it at all, or was she fine? <laughs> you know, not not really. No, not really. I mean, I, to be honest, I was more in my own ear because 
I had the red, I had the TJ all washed, so I didn't want it parked outside. So it would stay nice and clean for when people came to look at it, which meant my new Jeep had to park outside and I didn't like having to park my new vehicle outside all the time. So I was, I was pretty self-motivated. Yeah. Well, I guess you can sit on something for long enough, but you really have a finite of room, no matter who you are. A finite <laughs> room for vehicles sitting around in your yard. I did. Here's a side note. I did see a Instagram post. Somebody's yard is like, I'm not going to stop to have a yard like this. You know what a PT cruiser is, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what a maroon PT cruiser looks like? Just imagine a maroon PT cruiser. Imagine yeah. only seven of them, and then you're in your driveway. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there was there was an Instagram post. Was like, this is somebody who had seven maroon PT cruisers. That's aggressive. I mean, okay. That's a, That's an interesting. Uh... I almost want to meet that person. Like, why would you want seven of, I have of seven, the same vehicle? I have seven questions. Yeah. <laughs> about what's going on? And all yeah. of them rhyme with why do you have a maroon PT cruiser? <laughs> because I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, why do you have seven of them? I, I would ask that question seven times because of the. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, I was just like, I can imagine. I can imagine. I can see having like. A couple TJs, a couple, if I was seven of any vehicles, I only have four right now. You have four. You have three. How many vehicles you got? Four? Three. Three. I can't imagine having four of the same exact vehicle. Could you? Yeah. Four of the same thing. Sort of defeats, kind of defeats the purpose of having multiple vehicles, right? You usually want multiple vehicles because you're doing different things with them. So why would you want, why would you want multiple of the same vehicle? That's. Yeah, there's got to be a there's got to be a story there that I'm sure is unless, unless you had a got to be interesting. Unless you owned like a, a school bus service, you had seven school buses. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a business. You know, like like my brother had he got a head a company vehicle for a company he worked with, and he gave him a three quarter ton Chevy pickup. It was awesome. They probably had seven of them, so he just told him, "Hey, take one of them," and that was his pickup. And uh, yep. you know, if it's a business, seven. P what PT cruiser business would he be in? Would it be some really weird Uber service? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You think they'd at least have like the name of the business on the side? Oh, I just, I saw it. I was like, I don't know. This is weird altogether. That's funny. funny. So uh, this is a question. I'll have, a, I'll have a question for you after this. I have a follow-up question for the question we're about to ask you. So you finally sold the TJ to some guy in Iowa, right? Oh, uh, Yeah. No, yep. no, no, or Iowa. I can't remember. Iowa. Iowa. Ironically, your wife's from Iowa, but <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so this guy came up all the way from Iowa. Did he just see it that day? Because it was on all the online. Yeah. He just saw yeah, that. Same, yep. Same deal. I, I sent him a couple more pictures and I did a couple of, he asked me to take a couple of short videos. Um, so I took uh, some short videos for him and sent it. And he said, okay, sounds good. I'll, uh, I'll be there tomorrow. All right. Okay. He showed up. He showed up uh, the next day. All right. I got two follow-up questions. <laughs> Are you sad that TJ left you? Um. Yes. And uh, for I would say, and for two reasons. Like reason number one, through the course of owning, I mean, I own that Jeep uh, over seven years. And through the course of owning it and upgrade, you know, and as we did lift kits and we added armor and all the things we did to make them better, I was also kind of just doing 
kind of less flashy upgrades, you know, I had fresh ball joints, fresh steering. Like it had lots of, it had lots of uh, new parts on it, black magic brakes, all that stuff. And so now that's stuff that I kind of got to do all over again with my new Jeep. <laughs> so, um, but I'd say the big reason I missed it was um, we, we had a lot of fun, you know, with that Jeep, with my, my wife and I, and my daughter and I, we did a lot of great trips and it was, it, well, yeah, you were there too, but you weren't in the Jeep. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but like the, but it's like, it's like, it's funny, you get nostalgic about the vehicle, but it's, it's really, for me anyway, it's really not so much the vehicle as it was what, what I did in that vehicle. And uh, we made a lot of memories in that Jeep from, I mean, I remember like that was the first, you know, the first time I went off-roading since I was like a, a kid, like in high school. Uh, my wife and I went up north for a, for a wedding and I, I like Googled up and found that there was like a little off-road kind of a fire road near where the wedding was going to be. And so I, I convinced my wife like, hey, let's go up early and let's go off-road a little bit down this like fire road and then we'll come back and clean up for the wedding that was in the afternoon. And <laughs> I remember like driving down that road and we plopped into some really deep mud holes where I was like, crap, if we get stuck out here. It is a long walk back and we're all alone. So, you know, we, we went as far as we could or as far as I felt comfortable. And then all the way to like our first Chuck's winter run and then we did the winches and blah, 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 right? It's just, there was a lot of memories in that vehicle. So yes, I, I do miss that vehicle. It, it worked, it worked really good. That Jeep worked really good. Oh yeah, I mean, they are so capable stock and then we did a ton of yeah. them. So. Every time we go out and do stuff, we're just like, man, these things can do the stupidest things that you probably shouldn't do with a vehicle. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty amazing what a stock Jeep can do. I mean, I know ours weren't, it wasn't stock by the time I sold it, but it's it's pretty incredible what a stock Jeep can do with a decent set of tires on it. And I think we always say, I always call it improved stock is what we I, I, I term it as, because we're not yeah. huge with 40s and tons and all that crap. And, uh, but at the end of the day, though, um, they're pretty fun. And and my, my next follow-up, this is funny because uh, you have done this a little bit now. Do you follow up with the previous owners? Or are you going to follow up with the previous owner of the LJ? And are you <laughs> going to follow up with the guy you sold your TJ to? Have you had conversations? Because you teased uh, the crap out of me about what I texted the previous owner. My team. Hey, look what I did. I, I teased you because you messaged that guy like a hundred times. Um, like so times since I bought the thing six years ago. I, it's kind of funny you asked the question. It actually crossed my mind today, uh, the, the guy that bought my old Jeep. I literally did think about just messaging him quick and asking him, like, you know, how it's going and if he's enjoying it or not. Um. <laughs> but I, but I, but I haven't. So I haven't reached out to the guy that bought my Jeep. Um, but but I actually bought my Jeep um, uh, through a dealership. So when I found it on like Auto Trader or whatever, it was actually a dealership. So I didn't know the previous owner, but uh, the Jeep has aftermarket seats in it, and they have like a, a map pocket in the back uh, behind the front seats. And I just happened to stick my hand in there, and I pulled out a piece of paper that was like a little window like not a sticker but like a little piece of paper that you would put in a window for uh for like a parade or a, or a car show so apparently my new jeep was in like a little car show or a little car parade 
And so it had like a little like entry number and everything on it. And it had the previous owner's name written on it. And so I knew where I bought it from. So I, I bought it from Ohio and had it shipped. And then I had the name. So I end up getting on Facebook and just looking for that, for, you know, that guy's name in Ohio and uh, end up, end up finding him um, pretty easily. And I, I sent him a note said, Hey man, I think, uh, you know, I think I bought your old vehicle, you know, a black, black LJ, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, the guy, like uh, the guy sent me back a big long message um, of all the stuff he had done to it, how long he'd owned it and blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was actually quite useful because he told me a few of the common failure points that I was planning on doing, he'd actually already done them. Uh, so that was nice. So actually reaching out to him was actually saved me some money. Yeah. So when you, when you got the Jeep, it came with, uh, did it have an old man emu? What lift did it have on it? Again? It was old, old man emu. Yeah. Right? It's got a old man emu lift. Um, and then he had done a stereo upgrade. So the guy that had owned it before me had basically done all the upgrades and they'd all been done like right before he traded it in and I bought it. So they're all fresh. So, uh, old man emu lift, he did a stereo. Um, and then he had the seats, the both front seats and the back seats redone, um, with cat skins and seat heaters, uh, put in. And then he'd also taken the Jeep to a body shop, had a ceramic coat, the, the underside and, um, uh, clean up. I think they were, he had replaced both front fenders and repainted the Jeep because it did the body like was in amazing shape, which is one of the reasons why I bought it. Um, and, and now I know why, because he front, had a shop redo it. The front fenders are mint. Yeah, they're new. They're yeah, new. He had actually, he told me they just put new ones on and the body shop uh, repainted them, color yeah. matched them. So that was a big thing with our last Jeep, your last Jeep and my Jeep and uh, yep. Jeep and all that other good stuff. We did a lot of stuff on that, but uh, we did uh, the plastic overlays on them and they worked out just fine. But mm -hmm. so then uh, I got to help out, help out Wade with his first, well, well, probably one of your first upgrades besides the swappy, swappy, swapper sons where you swapped a lot of stuff off the old Jeep and the new Jeep, when with tires and, and uh, sway bar uh, delete. What's that thing called? Uh, Anorak? Yeah, you uh, Curry, Curry Anorak system. Yep. Yeah, which I got to do sooner or later. Um, but I went to Wade's place and he had to replace the, uh, this is a, a small upgrade. The, the door pin guy, the door pin guides? What are they called? The door? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's what they're called. So, like the bushings. Yeah, there you go. Uh, bushing. So, stock, uh, LJs, TJs, the whole, that whole era comes with a metal bushing and we've, we've learned a lot. So if you're going to ever do this, learn from our uh, problems and, and our solutions, but uh, <laughs> his, his problems, because when I, we did our mine, uh, all I did was replace everything with aluminum. So I just replaced the stainless, stainless, I'm sorry. Stainless, yeah. Right. So stainless. So I replaced the, the lower door hang, the upper door hang, which is actually the, the hinge for the, Windshield. windshield. Um, so I just replaced it all with aluminum, so I just would not have a rust ish, not aluminum, stainless steel. Stainless. <laughs> I just replaced everything. So I didn't have to wear Cantrol. Cantrol. There you go. It was yep. black stainless. When you have a black Jeep, black stainless looks just like black Jeep. So <laughs> bonus. <laughs> but um, Wade had, he, he, Wade didn't do, you didn't do yours on the, the TJ. So now the LJ, 
you didn't place all of them. You left one alone. No, I did. I did the same thing. I thought on the, my TJ. I, I did Kentrals on the TJ. We did them all at the same time. Yeah, I know that, but you didn't replace the lower door, the lower door pin. Hey. Yeah, oh, it was black. It was Kentrall. But the one that stayed on the door was you. There's one thing you didn't do that I did. I think and I thought it was the door, the hole. You you kept your yeah. stock. Everything else. The was lower hinge. Yeah, the lower hinge. Yeah, I thought you left that soon. Well, anyway, anyhow. I don't know. I might have. I don't remember now. I do. I'll tell you what. I can pull up a picture and we'll know right away because if I kept it, it's red. And if I changed it, it'll be black. I know. <laughs> I know this. I know I'm right, but you can look at it up all you want. <laughs> uh, no, I changed it. It's black. Yeah, see how they're different? And the paint's flaking off of the stainless. Uh, so I changed it. I did both upper and lower. All right, fine. You did. New Jeep, uh, those all factory. So. All right. You might be right. First time ever. So... <laughs> <laughs> so but this time around and this is all for everybody who lives in the salt belt this is this is a thing we went through that everybody should know uh so wade had wanted to replace the door pin bushings which are metal stock in pj and uh your replacement was what how do you say that word derlin derlin uh, it's a uh it's delrin it's, it's basically plastic it's like a, a, a really tough, durable plastic. It's called Delrin. Yeah. And uh, so Wade, he said, hey, why don't you come on over? We'll do this. I'm like, I might need your help for this. I'm like, all right, cool. So I popped over. It's just an excuse to drink Wade's beer. But um, <laughs> I popped over. And sure, sure enough, he had the door off already. He started working on it. But he, was, he got to the kit where you have to hammer it out. He had a special uh, tool that was going to hammer out this pin. So... He started on the hardest one possible. <laughs> hardest one, I think, was the drivers. Anyone, anyone on the lowers is going to be the hardest one possible because you're going to have the spray coming up from the salt on the roads or any moisture, and it's going to cause the more rust. And um, I'll tell you my genius idea in a second, but it was one of my few genius ideas I've ever had. But uh, we started hammering on this. It wasn't going well. We spent, I don't know, 15 20 minutes on this one piece you hammer and me holding the flashlight because that's my best my best position at wade's garage is holding the flashlight and giving suggestions because <laughs> uh, it's his yeah. jeep. it's his jeep he can do what he wants to it <laughs> so he was right. so that was the phrase of the day i kept on saying it's your jeep you can do what you want and we started hammering away we, we had all sorts of ideas we could do uh one of and this tool was a tool basically was it was just gonna Sit there and push the, the, the item out. Push the bushing out, the metal bushing is all we're gonna do. I'm, I'm like, I have a pan and Wade's on video here, but pushing a video, the, the uh, thing out. It works really well in dry climates that don't have salt. Am I right? In a perfect world, dry climates don't have salt. It, it just comes right out. Yeah, I mean, it works. It worked on the top ones. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a little, it's just a little driving pin that's, it's cut to the right size. You can stick it right in there and you tap it with a hammer and it pushes the old one out. The and top was, ones came out. That was my good idea because I said, watch this way. And I go, let's try the top one. Let's have a win and see how we can do it easy. And then we can see how we can do it better on the hard side. So that's what we did is we went to uh, the top side. We tried the bottom side on the other side. That didn't work. So let's try the top side one. And the thing came right out. It just popped right out. I mean, I think you hit the hammer three, four times, and it came right out. 
And uh, so then we did the uh, top side on both sides. And I'm like, well, that, that worked out pretty well. And so then they think, well, then we started looking at the piece that came out. And I'm like, well, can we stick a jack? I thought, hey, can we stick a jack underneath it and just jack it up? And you didn't like that idea because you thought that would bend metal easier on the side panel. I agree with you. That was probably not the way to go. Uh, and then, because when we were hammering it, we were, we were moving the bottom pin, the bottom hanger around. It was kind of popping back and forth. It wasn't, and it was going to gnarl up some paint. So that was not the ideal way to go. So then you came up with the genius idea of using your what tool? Uh, I used a... Uh... Well, the, the pin, the pins are set in from the top and they have a shoulder on them so they don't go all the way through. So I got out a, I have a little, little tiny chisel and a hammer and basically just chiseled up that, that top um, kind of little hat that the bushing has and base, basically chiseled it up and into the middle and then started chiseling down through. And we basically just, just destroyed the bushing from the top and pounded it down and uh, down through the uh, through the hinge, then out the bottom to get it out. It it took some doing because the the problem is that bottom that bottom one because of the salt you get two pieces of metal plus salt and they end up actually you know rusting together so they they end up getting kind of fused. Um, but that little tiny chisel. Um, with a little little hammer and a little persuasion, <laughs> ended up getting it done. And then a little a, after we chiseled it out, we stuck a, a Dremel in there with a, a small uh, a small sanding drum and just cleaned it up real quick because the rust had you know caused it to expand. So we got it cleaned up until the until the the new Delrin bushings slid in and out the way they were supposed to, and we knew we were in good shape. So that was my, that was the thing. I, I thought we used that tool more we did. But so the Dremel we used, and then we used the, what's that thing called? The flexible tube. What was that flexible tube that hooks on you? What's that called? The extension. Uh, I think it's just called a flexible flexible shaft that just goes on the end of the Dremel. And then it makes the end of it like a, like a pen. Yeah. Um, it just helps you get into tighter places, which was good because, to get up, you're you know you're up next to the jeep really tight, so yeah. using that uh, that little skinny shaft, you're able to you're able to get in there without interfering with the body. Yeah, so that was I thought was the coolest part. I I thought if we hide sight hide hide sight, the word is just yeah hide sight. I think we should start with a Dremel and just freaking just ground it down both sides, let it fall yeah. itself. Oh yeah, I mean. If I were going to do it again, I would have just yep, start with the chisel, chisel it, chisel it out from the from the top, and then Dremel, because that that worked really good once we went that way for the bottom ones. The top ones were fine. Yeah, because you were pushing them out with the, the bushing. Yeah, every everybody was having the same issue. I looked at them, well, this guy used a jack, this guy did this, and I was going back and forth, and so uh, the Dremel was the 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 king of the day. I thought just kind of getting it all done, and we were kind of uh, them you know, basically push the pieces in, a little lube on each side of it, and put the door pins in, and the whole doors. That worked out great. Uh, it was a fun yep. little uh, now, now she's all, now she's plastic in between two pieces of metal. So as long as I keep them oiled, they'll, should last for a real long time. It'd be nice and, it's like butter. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I was excited about it. I get excited about little things too. And, and that brings me to my next subject was Wade always teasing about not having tools. So, uh, you know, fortunate, unfortunate, they had neighbors down the street passed and they had an estate auction. Never been to, I have never been to an estate auction in my entire life. This was the first one. I've been to an auction. My dad bought a tractor. I'm standing next to him and he, you know, I was like, I was this big and he's going like this, raising his hand a bunch of times. He goes, well, I just bought a tractor. I'm like, wow, who's driving it home was what I thought. Cause we took an hour to get here. This would take 17 hours to get home going 15 miles an hour. <laughs> but uh, he bought a tractor that day. So I thought all auctions end that way, but estate auctions, different story. Uh, estate auctions. Estate? You yeah. say you say estate funny. It cracks me up. Estate or estate? Estate. Estate. You're putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> so Wade comes from a long line of auctioneers. So uh, <laughs> his dad's an auctioneer, auctions horses and all the other good stuff. And uh, he knows the Meekum guys. Let's just put it that way. Um, so... I just said estate, est wrong, apparently. But anyhow, uh, so they had some cool stuff. This is hilarious because I went to this place and I texted my neighbor down the street for me. He's a couple doors down. He's, he's a cool dude. And I said, hey, you want to go to this estate auction, this uh, estate auction today? And he sent me a picture back. He was already in line to this place. Like, how do we not coordinate this better? And he went and grabbed me a number. So he was a number like 106. I'm like, shit, I, I didn't think that's people show up to it. And I was number 122. And he goes, he's kicking himself the whole time. We're standing in line for like an hour and a half, two hours. Cause he's like, I was walking my dog at 6 a.m. I could have got numbers one and two if we wanted to. You know, I'm like, kind of wish you would have, cause I would have a flipping new Honda lawnmower. Um, the, so long, long story, you know, add to the story. My, I have a lawnmower I bought. I was on a walk with my wife 17, 18 years ago, and this guy was selling a snowblower. So I bought the snowblower from this guy in the middle of summer. I said, do you have a lawnmower too? Because he's moving. So yeah, I got this Honda. I'm like, I'll take that too. So I bought this snowblower and lawnmower on the same day. And uh, um, it's a nice Honda, but when I shut it off, like when I'm picking up leaves, the whole thing shuts off. You know, it's kind of one of the cheaper version of Hondas that, you know, exist. I wish it would just keep running so I just grab blade control and go again instead of repulse start it. So I'm always jonesing for the one that you know can do that. Well, this one had that. The guy was the the, the estate auction was selling it. And so I was standing in line for this Honda lawnmower. I was willing to put down whatever it took to get it. I don't know how it works. But um Long story longer, it was sold by the time I walked in there because I was number one. I actually upgraded my number because people left because it was cold. I was wearing all my cold weather gear. It was great because it was like eight degrees outside. People were piling, leaving because the stuff they wanted was walking out the door. So I walked in. Cool place. These This couple was a pretty cool cool couple. I'm not going to lie to you. They were cool. They had houses all over the world. Um when I mean world, I mean world. They houses all over. Cool. They died unexpectedly. Uh, but uh, they had houses all over and no children. So they had, imagine if you had no kids and unlimited wealth, which you could buy. <laughs> so they had, they had $7,500 speakers that were 20 years old. And they were selling for $7,500. 
and they're worth 20 grand. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So that was the stuff I was watching <laughs> this place. But the lawnmower sold, and the lawn was the size of the table that I got my computer on. The lawn was tiny. So the lawn probably got started for eight minutes, didn't even warm up, and it was shut off. So I'm like, dang it, missed out on that. But one time I was out in my front yard with my son. This adds to the story. I had to go all the way to Wade's house because I had to pick up his extendable saw to cut a limb. It was like a limb saw. And they had one there for 15 bucks. So I think you got about 45, 50 bucks into yours if you bought it new. So I bought that for 15 bucks. I was pretty excited about that. I'm like, I grabbed it. I'm like, I didn't know it was there. I was like, grabbed it. I'm like, put it in the corner. I'm like, put the sold on this. I got it. And then I went downstairs and I had a Dremel sitting there. I'm like, you used your Dremel. I borrowed a Dremel before from somebody else. I'm like, this Dremel is awesome. So I grabbed this Dremel, 12 bucks. Um, I don't care if it's used, it's going to run forever. So I bought a Dremel. So I'm, I'm hype about that. So whenever I need another, take another bolt and grind it apart. I got one. It has all of, has 15, 20 bits for it. And then uh, my wife always loves, for some reason, take, anytime she actually comes to the Home Depot, she loves going to the hammer section. She looks at the hammer and says, what's this hammer for? <laughs> She's been in your garage, Wade. She goes, what's this hammer for? So I bought us, I got a soft low hammer for three bucks. I mean, this is great. So I'm, I'm addicted to uh, estate auctions. <laughs> I think I want to do more of them. And I'm going to get there early and get number, you know, single digits so I get the good deals instead of standing in line for a <laughs> Oh, that was a pain in the butt. But I was pretty excited about those little deals I got. I went back today. This stuff was picked clean, but um, uh, didn't, get any, didn't get any other deals. But that was my big find for the week was that Dremel. Nice. I think Dremel was the high point of the whole thing. So tested it out when I got home, but it didn't work. Had all the bits we needed. So it's it's great to rock. So cool. So what did you do this weekend in your Jeep? You did some work on your Jeep. Uh yeah. Uh well my plan was um even though the the previous owner did a, a lift kit, he forgot to do two two things. Um, no adjustable front track bar and no adjustable uh, rear track bar or at least a relocation bracket. So I ordered those things and they were supposed to show up on Saturday. So that was my plan. Uh, but unfortunately, they're not going to show up till I think tomorrow. So that'll be on next week's project just to kind of make sure the lift kits kind of finish out the right way. <clears throat> but um, this week when it got really cold, my uh, overflow tank was bubbling and I was having issues with overheating. Um, well, it would get hot and then it would, then the temperature would come back and then it'd get hot. And it was, it was really acting strange. So um, uh, I thought, well, it was, what was strange about it or what threw me for a loop. So long story short, the radiator cap is all that was wrong with it. Right. It just needed a new radiator cap. Um, but what was weird about it, it was only doing it when it was in the negative temperatures. So when we had those random warm days, it, it ran fine, which I, I didn't like it kind of threw me for a loop. So here I was thinking that maybe the coolant wasn't mixed right, like it had too much water and not enough antifreeze and maybe it was freezing or it was getting stuck um, and or the thermostat. So I thought, ah, no big deal. Thermostats are cheap. Coolant is cheap. And we did my thermostat. Why not just do, yeah, we'll do a, I'll just go ahead and do a coolant flush. 
That way I know it's got fresh coolant, it's mixed properly, and I'll go ahead and put a, put a new thermostat in it. So, so I did that, and then I got it all apart, and I got to look in. The water pump has got a little neck that comes off the top of it that feeds one leg of your heater core. And on mine, the, it, it's just a piece of painted metal. It's not aluminum like the rest of the water pump. And on mine, that little neck had, um, had the paint had come off of it and it had surplus rust on it. It just looked sketch. So I'm like, yeah, it's already, it's already this far apart. Let's go ahead and put a water pump on it too. So uh, the punchline is it needed a radiator cap, but it ended up getting a radiator cap, a thermostat, a water pump, and all the cool. But <laughs> what I really paid for, Mitch, was peace of mind. So now I know I've got, I got a good, I got a good water pump in it. I got a good thermostat, and it, it probably needed it. The coolant did look a little old, so it needed to coolant partially. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, if you're going to go to all that trouble, it's pretty easy to replace those things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you did the right thing. And I, I wanted to come over. We just had the illness of the day in our house, and you had the illness of the day in your house, and we couldn't mix it up too much. Now we're all, as we're recording this, my son is upstairs dunking in his bedroom. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's finally stood up out of his bed, a chair, and he's actually bouncing around right above me right now, which puts a smile on my face. He finally smiled today for the first time since last Tuesday. We're on a Sunday night, so he's feeling better. So things are moving around in the right direction. But, yeah, so that's why we kind of locked, locked her down since Thursday night. I think we kind of locked her up and said, yeah, or Friday, Friday midday, we kind of said, ah, we, we're done here for a bit. But he's feeling good. Uh, thankfully, it's uh, passing for him. Uh, so that's why we didn't get together and do the fun things together this weekend because I wanted to come watch you do the coolant flush. I wanted to see that because I'm like, I think I need to do that. Who knows? I mean, I ran coolant out of it and put coolant in it. I mean, it's got 155,000 yes. miles on it. Uh, hasn't moved yep. in a little while. And so um, one thing I missed out on on this auction, this this estate auction, that I was missed because they had three battery tenders there. They had a battery tender. Like the old school one, they had a they had another one, and then they had a jump box battery tender. So it was like mm -hmm. one of those ones you can just throw in your vehicle. It'd be a jump box. Yeah, it could be a battery tender. It could be whatever. So I was like, I'm gonna go back and pick that up. Uh, so yeah, I got there at two o'clock and it was closing at three on a second day. So I knew I was gonna get picked clean. But who else wants that stuff? But apparently, people come on the second day want that stuff because it was gone. <laughs> um, so, you know, is what it is. But uh, I was, I was kind of, kind of thinking, eh, I should probably get that, or I could probably get my jet yeah. sooner later because I haven't drove in a while. But um, the other day, I got it done. I did do, I did do a small upgrade to the snowblower. I'm gonna give you a short version. Okay. So, the pull cord, which I barely ever pull it, because usually I plug it in and hit the start button uh something happened where i had to like shorten it i figured it was but i shortened the pull cord so i can only pull this far remember your, what was that thing oh your generator that i borrowed you said don't pull it too hard you're yeah. gonna break it and I yeah to... you mean you mean my generator that you broke twice in exactly the way i told you not to break it i fixed it i think both times but no, it, no i fixed it i fixed it you i ordered me. the parts you broke you destroyed the entire pole star i had to buy a whole new pole star for it twice yeah. Eight dollars. So anyhow, I uh, I owned it for I owned it for eight 
maybe even 10 years, never broke it. I let it commit twice. He broke it both times. Uh, this is BS, by the way. Anyhow, I, uh, <laughs> so I was sitting in my garage. I was like, I need something to do today because, uh, you know, I can't do much. Uh, so I went, I went to Home Depot. Here's the funny part. I bought a kit, set six bucks. It has the little rubber thing that's what you pull on and then the cord. I needed the cord for my snowblower, which I took it all apart, put it all together and it works just fine. But I need the little rubber thing for my lawnmower. My lawnmower has one of the little T, think of a T handle, part of the top of the T broken off. So I have to like grab the whole thing and pull it to start my lawnmower. Luckily it pulls on a full first start every time because it's a Honda. So next spring, when I get that damn thing out of the damn shop or the shed out back, I'm gonna replace the handle. So six bucks, fixed two of my problems, you know, that I have going on, but um, did half the work today. So I, I turned up the heat in the garage for a whopping 20 minutes to fix this stupid snowblower, <laughs> but I got it done. Put put the pregame on for the Vikings game, had it going. Nice. And it didn't even get to 60 degrees, but before I shut everything down again, it was at 50. Turned up to 60, yep. did all the work, and was done before the heater was done warming up the garage. But um, my wife even peeked her head out and asked me a couple questions. And I'm like, like, sure, yeah, later. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in the day, though, I got her knocked out. So that's upgraded the day of Ken Mitch fix it, got her knocked out. Uh, but that was. <laughs> That was a, a fun little tiny project, but it always feels good to check that one off the list. Like next time I need to start this damn thing when it actually snows out because now it's been so cold, too cold to snow, but we're going to get a snowstorm sooner or later. So I got that snowblower kind of up and running and, and ready to go again. But uh, so the LJ is ready to go. I got next Saturday off, Wade. I'm, I'm wide open. I'm thinking we should probably. Well, I'll be working on it because the, uh, the track bars, uh, the track bar will be here and uh, the rear track bar relocation bracket actually showed up. So I'll, I'll, I got to do that too. And then um, I'm going to put some uh, trim spacers in the front just to, just to level up the stance of the Jeep. And then that's also going to force me to put in some uh, bump stop spacers. So I got all that to do, but it, it just, it didn't make sense to do the trim spacers and the bump stop spacers until I get the track bar. Cause it's like, I'm going to drop all that stuff. It's just like do it all at once rather than do one thing, put it all back together, and then I'll take it all apart to do the track bar. Again. That's almost like a little lift upgrade. Is that what that's going to end up being? You have to take it all apart just do a lift upgrade? They're just they're just uh, a little half inch um, trim spacers because the, the the OME lift kit gives the LJ it's it doesn't make it sit level. It still sits with the nose tipped a little. Um, and so they make uh, they make these little trim spacers that you can put just to kind of pick the front end up just a little bit. And I'm okay. Like I actually don't mind that it tips forward just a little bit because it's not. It, I mean, you can tell, but it's not like it's not ridiculous, right? It's just a little bit. The reason I want to trim it up is um, once I get my winch plate back from the painter, and I put my worn uh, 8274 on the front, that's going to exacerbate it a little bit. So mug winch. So this, yeah, <laughs> smug. <laughs> yeah, well, it's more. It's more than just that's a big heavy winch, hey, and the winch, the winch plate is heavy it? too. Are you a vegetarian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about it. Uh, so the 
so the only reason I'm doing the trim spacers is, is to basically carry the winch and, and then kind of keep the stance proper. Yeah. So, I but, all, but you gotta like all that stuff changes together. So when you add, when you add that, the, the trim spacers on the top, you got to compensate with bump stops on the bottom. It's a, uh, it's a little counterintuitive, but if you, if you think about it, um, if you don't, if you don't compensate for that, you're going to have binding issues. So you said compensate. So we're going to add some bump stop and add, add a trim spacer. You said compensate a couple times. I agree with you. You'd like to compensate. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> the word of the day. Uh, yeah, I totally get you. You know, and this is funny because stock JKs, stock JKs are raked like this. You know why they're raked like that? Fuel economy. Fuel economy. Aerodynamics, fuel economy. And everybody looks so at they it. can meet the EPA rules. Yeah. So stock, I don't know if JLs are that way, but JKs I know I've read a few different times are yeah. stock are just raked. They have this rake to them just so, I mean. Looks like a stink bug. How uh, aerodynamic is a flipping brick? Because that's what a Jeep is. <laughs> Basically a brick. <clears throat> fighting the wind. And and um, I guess you tip it forward a little bit. It goes a little better. Yeah. Oh, and my uh, um, I ordered some flat fenders that we should actually. It might be fun to talk about after we get them on. Um, I think it's a newer company, but I don't know. But I ordered some. Uh, flat style fender flares from a company called Paramount. They were really, really affordable. Um, so we'll see if they're actually, you know, usually when it's affordable, it also means it's junk, but they're supposed to be made out of decent material. So we'll see once I get them what they look like and we'll, we'll put them through the, put them through the ringer. Yeah, we'll see if we can turn them off on a, some sort of narrow pass. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, so, I said, so hey, those are supposed to come this week as well. I said, hey, let's do something next week. I want, I want to do something where we put that in four low, not like we work on stuff, because I think we're at the point oh, we can do that. We can do something, so maybe we'll do that. Awesome. So, anyhow, so the LJ is on its way, doing its thing. Uh, we recapped November, December, right in January. Uh, sorry about not getting too many episodes out, but, you know, life is life, and um, we haven't done much. I'm not going to report on me just thinking about stuff too often, but uh, in the day though, Wade's been teasing about things that I should do to my Jeep and it's coming. Things are coming together for mine. And, uh, <laughs> uh, when it comes, it's come, it's going to be pretty cool. You know, we're going to see what happens and I'm going to laugh when you get hung up on something. I'm going to, I'm going to show you a photo of the lockers that are sitting on your bench. <laughs> say, hey, is this going to help you? Is this help you get over that obstacle? No, uh, well, because it's on the bench. I haven't needed them yet, though. I'll wheel you. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, typically the bypass lane doesn't denote a, oh, uh, man. a locker. That's man. why. <laughs> His waiter ever told the one joke he knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, he just did. <laughs> Uh, well, this has been a great way to, uh, to catch up and, and uh, go, go forward. Hopefully this audio is a bit better than last time's. And, uh, but I'm excited to see what kind of trouble we can get into next. I think we have, oh, we don't have, we actually we do. We have the calendar that the Minnesota Four Drive Association came out with. And yep, second week, uh, second week of February. No, the first it's, uh What, Apple, Apple oh. Valley? Oh yeah, Apple Valley Farms, second week in February. So we we got some plans. Um, 
I, I forgot about that one. I, I have the dresser run as my next one I can do because uh, yeah, first first week of March. Yep, uh, that's the big one coming up for me. Uh, hopefully, my uh, future NBA uh, player is ready to you know go back to the starting lineup. So after all this, so I'll be following him around. But uh, you know, in six years, guys, I'm a really nice Jeep if he's in the NBA. Just just putting it out there. <laughs> so in <laughs> uh, the day, though, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get in the floor low again and have some fun. But I'm excited to hear about the G, the new LJ, the Smug J, as we all call it. Everybody calls it that. LJ. It's a Smug J. <laughs> it's its name. Uh, no. No, if Charlie, you Charlie to... doesn't like that nickname. You have to take that up with my daughter. She doesn't like that nickname. <laughs> Let's go back a little bit. You almost got personalized plates. <laughs> and you knew you were going to get Smug Jay out of personalized plates. No, no, I, I, I'm just saying it crossed my mind to get those <laughs> on plates. And then I thought, you know what, that would look really weird because it's – you know, taken out of context, somebody might actually take that seriously. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. They are regular plays. <laughs> awesome. I want Smug Jays available because, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Think if my brother Mike pulls up in a uh, Smug Jay at some point, I bet he would do it. He, he'd be brave enough to do it. I forgot to tell you this, Mitchell. Uh, so when I was telling Charlie about – the, the nickname, because she, she was trying to come up with a name for the Jeep, and I said, well, Mitch already has a nickname for the Jeep. He calls it Smug Jay. And she's 11. She's like, I don't, I don't get it. What, is, what does that mean? And I said, well, you know, the Jeep, the kind of Jeep is an LJ, so I was explaining to her the, the acronym. And, and then I'm like, he's calling it Smug Jay because he's, he's teasing me, calling me Smug because I have an LJ. And and uh, she, she's like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of funny. And so she's like, so LJ, does that stand for like long Jeep? And I was like, yeah, and actually, that's exactly what LJ means. And she, she's like, well, then what's TJ? Is that tiny Jeep? And I was like, yes. And so the next time you see Uncle Mitch, you tell him he has tiny Jeep. So we were literally having that conversation this past week. And I was cracking me up. I'm going to come back with it. It doesn't stand for tiny Jeep, it stands for the V jeep see yeah, but tiny jeep it's it now to me it now stands for tiny jeep because <laughs> you're tiny you're tiny jay oh this is hard <laughs> this is a good one all right dude yeah hey, i'm thanks. glad i remembered that thanks for being on again i can't wait until we use my dremel for doing anything or oh, <laughs> softball hammer my rubber hammer which i'm pretty hype about so if we ever have to bust out that tool i'm hype and Currently, my, my jack stands, my, my uh, oh, what are they, Harbor Freight jack stands that I hope you live through because they've been recalled twice or whatever. But these ones, I have yeah. the non-recall, non-death death trap freaking ones, but uh, pretty hyped about it. So I'm getting more tools was, is the story. The moral of the story is Wade liked to tease me about my lack of tools, but uh, uh, now I have the tools that we need. So. Awesome. Well, cool. I can't wait to see you guys again and uh, do some off-roading. But uh, that's it for the Crossroad Offer Podcast. See you soon. Cheers. 
Again, thanks for listening to the Cross Thread Off-Road Podcast brought to you by Prime Shape Fitness. Why help people in person and online, in small groups, large groups, one-on-one, you name it. Just reach out to me. If you're looking to get in better shape, lose weight, tone up, you name it, I can help you out. I've been doing it since 1999. Just reach out with, to me on Facebook, primeshapefitness.com, or Facebook, Prime Shape Fitness. Find me. We'll talk.